2: Right, and welcome back. It is another edition of the uh, Soonerscoop podcast. Carrie Murdoch here with you. Uh, Eddie Radosevich joining me as well, and we're here to talk about well, what's been going on with the team uh, recently. And uh, Eddie, a uh, lot of things going on. Big Twelve meetings have taken place. Uh, you and I spent the weekend out at uh, OU camps along with Joe Duvall. Uh, a lot of stuff with Baker Mayfield coming out of the Big 12 Media Days. I actually had a chance to catch up with him. You're going to hear from him a little bit here on this podcast as well. Uh, stuff going on at Baylor that I think impacts Oklahoma in a lot of ways.
0: But uh,
2: outside of recruiting, I know you've been all over camps and team camps and stuff like that. There's just a lot of stuff going on this time of year.
0: There really is. Uh, it, it was kind of I, – I thought it was really funny when you uh, tweeted the other day. I think it was maybe the Tuesday or Wednesday after the end of the Thunder season – uh, I think you tweeted something to the effect of you can definitely tell that it's a uh, football season has uh, or that basketball season is over with uh, with the with all the news that came out of uh, Irving last week with the Big 12 and then uh, the Baker Mayfield news certainly was the uh, probably the number one news story of the of the week last week coming uh, Coming down that uh, Mayfield will receive an extra year and everything that goes along with that, and uh, you know it just seems like it's a really good time for uh, for Oklahoma right now with everything that's going on, especially uh, if you want to go all the way over to the softball stadium.
2: Yeah, in Oklahoma now in the national championship series there with Auburn, but it was interesting because when the Big Twelve stuff popped up, I you know I don't know if I just lost track of what, or, but I think Chuck Carlton was the first one to kind of come out and report, hey. There's a chance that there's going to be a ruling on this walk-on stuff yeah. at the Big 12 meetings, and it kind of sent everybody scrambling. And I think I just assumed it was kind of dead. And uh, you know, I ta- when I talked to Baker uh, yesterday uh, out at OU's football camp, he was like, yeah, he kind of had given up on it, but he knew that Joe C. and Bourne and uh, Kelly Dampus, uh, who is uh, the academic faculty rep for athletics, that they were they were working on something that they were going to present to the Big Twelve, and uh, it it, I think the best thing that happened was that it failed the first day that they did it because it caused such public outrage uh, that you basically kind of are creating these indentured servants uh, in walk ons that have no rights whatsoever to to better themselves.
0: I don't think that the Big Twelve when they came out with the decision on Wednesday had any idea that it was going to be as big of a story as, that, as it ended up being. And when you get national writers on your back or writing stories about how terrible the conference is at decision-making, yeah. uh, you know, and even going back to after the, uh, was it, I guess, the, an hour or so after the decision was initially released on Wednesday that they would be, uh, it was a split vote, 5-5. Five, five. He wasn't going to get the uh, year of eligibility left. I think Joe Steven said something about, you know they're they're gonna revisit this. It's gonna come to they're gonna still stay after it and go after it. I've I kind of figured that was gonna be okay. That's something that's gonna happen in twenty seventeen or maybe yeah, even maybe two later years in from the now. Year. I didn't realize that they were gonna go back the very next day and well, yeah.
2: And I mean the, the, you know for Bob Stoops and Joe Castiglione to actually issue statements after it was over, I thought that was like yeah okay. They just kind of want to show everybody how pissed off they are about this, and it's there's no chance of it getting changed, and that's why they're doing this because they're just pissed. Uh, but I, I don't know whose idea it was. I haven't had a chance to really talk to anybody about who came up with it. But it was brilliant to basically say, look, because it's it, brilliant in two ways. One, you say there has to be a written offer of aid. Uh, and then if that happens, it's it's kind of like uh, being a restricted free agent. You know, if, if you're in the NBA, uh, you know, and someone wants to offer you money and you uh, match that offer, then you keep them. So, it's essentially working the same way for walk ons. Uh, if a walk on has interest from another university, another school, then they are allowed to um, match that, basically match that offer, give them a written acceptance of aid. And they can sign it and keep them. And one, it was great because it ended up, it was five to five the day before. It ended up giving them a seven to three vote, which passed the resolution or the rule. And it also, secondly, made it so there was no way that Texas Tech could argue that Baker Mayfield definitely had a scholarship offer for that second semester.
0: Where are you at, and what schools do you think changed their votes in that? Cause we know not Tech. You, well, and I thought that was really interesting that uh, I think it was Travis Haney reported that Tech had voted yes in both circumstances, the day before and uh, the revisitation of the vote to make it 7 I, I missed
2: that, I guess.
0: So, I, I mean, I think it comes down to Oklahoma State or West Virginia. Because I think Texas would be against it. Baylor was probably against it.
2: Texas would be against it because they never would take advantage of something like that.
0: No, probably not. I mean, people
2: would be stealing their walk-on yeah. more than they would be stealing. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Is it crazy to think that Oklahoma voted against it? That would <laughs> be something. No, yeah, there's no way that OU voted against it. That would be
0: it. something for that to finally come for out. For
2: Kansas not to say, it made you wonder. I could see them being against it. Because they could use some walk-ons. Yeah, or I mean, they, I mean, they, they the, they every walk-on the, they need, they don't want people poaching their walk-ons.
0: They can't. They they were under the scholarship limit last year. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see how that happens. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's definitely a good thing for Oklahoma. Uh, you know, I think that we've had conversations off of this. If if how how ironic is it going to be if uh, Baker Mayfield goes out, they have a really good season. Say he does win the Heisman Trophy, what good does it for him to even come back next season and use that extra year of eligibility.
2: Yeah. And you know, I saw him on the, uh, the practice field yesterday. I was kind of over on his part of the field. Like what they do is the last day of practice, like you and Joe, I was like, just go home. I'll go back out there Mm -hmm. because nothing goes on that last session of summer camp. They play this thing called sooner ball, which is essentially a way for the coaches to just be done, but they're all standing out there and stuff. So it's sooner ball is like a, how would you describe it? Like rugby meets soccer, but you throw a football? Kind yeah,
0: because you, you can't run with it, can you? Like you can take you can, like once...
2: You, you can throw it sideways or forward. I think you can throw it backwards, but you can't... I don't know. There's no
0: like forward... I don't know. It, it's kind of weird. It's it's definitely not seven on seven, but it's like seven on seven meets rugby meets it's a like little bit of basketball. 20 on
2: 20. I mean, it's chaos. So... Like, everybody's around there, and and all the coach... You know, we'll talk about this in a second, but there's a lot of players that were coaching out there. And Baker Mayfield was on one team, and Jordan Smallwood was on the other. And so we were... I think all the coaches were kind of standing around that, and all the people were standing around there. So I waited it out, and it was over. And I wanted to go see if Baker would talk. And uh, first thing he said to me, he said... He looks at me, he goes, Well, you got to deal with me for one more year. They can't get rid of me. And so... He kind of broke the ice there, saying, "You know, I'm probably here till 2017." Which, you know, you're right. If he wins the Heisman, if Oklahoma wins a national championship. What reason do you have to stay? I mean,
0: defend? I guess <laughs> be the only one go play at at Ohio State the, in 2017. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that definitely believes in himself. So yeah. I, I think he believes he could play in the
2: NFL. I mean, I, I I'm sure that's his goal. It's not anything we've really gotten to, to talk to at this point. But I'll tell you, what, here, let's listen uh, to Baker Mayfield. Here was uh, our conversation that we had about uh, the, the ruling in the Big 12 uh, now that uh, he's got an extra year of eligibility. Is it easier to come out here when all the good stuff that's happened to you happened this week? <laughs> it, it's enjoyable, that's for sure. Uh, it, it, it's been a good week, so uh, it's been good for me. I mean, that's something – I mean, did you – at one point, did you ever just give up on the thought that – you were ever going to get that? I year really, back? Did. I really didn't think that I was going to get it back, but they were telling me otherwise. So, uh, and, and hats off to, to everybody that was working on it. I mean,
1: Joe C. Boren and, and Kelly Dampis I mean, they they really put in the work, and they're the reason that they uh, they got the right rule uh, changed and, and for the better of all walk-ons.
2: And, and so, obviously, it impacts me, but it's it's the right thing to do. And if the the conference in the NCAA says for the welfare of the student athlete, then that's the right thing to do. You know what was interesting to me too is you know to seeing Baker out there, I mean I'm not saying that he doesn't, he's, he's, he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder, but it was kind of pleasant dealing with, you know not angry Baker for mm-hmm. once, like middle of the summer, not in the season. He's not angry at tech, he's not angry at, at where the team is ranked, uh, all that stuff.
0: It's, this is going to be the first year I think that he probably goes into a season in which he he really doesn't have a, a reason to have a chip on his shoulder. I guess people are going to say that uh, I guess he's going to create they're going to create something and they're going to have a chip on their shoulder once they get down to uh, the start of camp in August and then the Houston game. But uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what uh, I guess what they can make up as uh, as far as a chip on their shoulder going into the season.
2: Houston Mayor's number one. Yeah, I, I, guess, I guess so. I I, I want I I thought about asking somebody. Uh, out there over the weekend like do you have any quotes from the houston mayor hanging up in your
0: i'm sure that they will it would be
2: hard to miss quotes hanging up right now in that small of a locker room that they're in so but yeah i mean it's 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 cool i'm glad i'm happy for baker uh i'm happy that we get to deal with kind of a happy baker at least for now who knows what it'll be like when training camp starts he'll probably go back into defensive motivational guy mode
0: oh i'm sure there will be something that happens in between on the now shell. and then he'll,
2: he'll find some something to get a chip on his shoulder. now one thing it does do is you know a lot of people we're talking about what this does to kyler murray uh well known to have had a falling out at texas a&m uh a father that some will say is you know very much in the thick of his business mm-hmm. i guess you could say and I, to be honest, we really don't know. I mean, I think if you're Kyler Murray, you've already made a change. The best thing to do is just see. How, for Kyler Murray, I mean, he might watch his Austin Kendall as the starting quarterback by the end of the year. The way Baker runs around.
0: Yeah, it very well could happen. I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, Kyler is in a really interesting spot, too, with that he's gonna have to sit out he's gonna have to serve that year that baker did and you talked to baker about how much he grew after that that year of sitting out and stuff and maybe the maybe that can be parlayed into the same thing for kyler murray and that he can uh you know finally i guess get his feet underneath him in college i don't know if he really has ever had that opportunity as things kind of landed in his lap so quickly down at college station maybe this year will be good for him maybe he can mature a little bit and use it to uh his advantage and then uh, you know, I think that Austin Kendall is going to really be in a situation that I, he's going to play some meaningful snaps. I would think at some point this season uh, to, to think that that Baker isn't going to uh, he says he's not going to change his style of play. And I think that that will be a, uh, I don't know if that's going to lead to his, uh, I guess I don't want to say injury, but it's definitely going to uh, affect how he I think, how he handles things. And uh, at some point, Austin Kendall is going to have to go in there and take a couple snaps, I would think.
1: Eddie Radicevich. I'm sorry, Thank I
0: had you. to do it. Uh look, Here's
2: the thing. What's really weird, and uh, it's not something that we've talked a whole lot about, but it's, it's I don't want to say weird, it is unique that we talked to Kyler Murray a lot already. Like, yeah. he came in here, and he was media accessible, media available, when you talk to him, he seems like a very mature kid. Mm-hmm. Seems like a guy that's got his head on his shoulders. Uh, he did kind of, you know... Excuse me, I got a frog in my throat. Um, He did kind of take his, take his opportunity to say some veiled things about Texas A&M and the situation he was in. Uh, so But not really taking direct shots. It was just more like, you know, I'm in a better situation now. Yeah. Lincoln Riley is the kind of... Person I I wanted to play for, uh, you know how great a coach he is, what what the system is, how it fits him, all those kinds of things. So you never know. I mean, maybe he's mad right now. Maybe maybe the coaches have had to have meetings with he and his father. I I haven't heard any of that. I don't want to start any rumors. I'm just saying things can change overnight. But from what we've seen of Kyler Murray, it would be surprising knowing that he's already going to sit out a year to uh, do anything rash. Uh, and just try and start over just because of this one uh decision that's been made by the
0: conference. And I think too at the same time that Kyler Murray, you know, any type of quarterback at this level, if he doesn't have some sense of maybe I don't want to say arrogance, but maybe a cockiness and belief in himself. Yeah, he definitely has there, that yeah. there there aren't guys out there that are gonna just I guess run away from the from a situation like this. You know, and talking about Kyler Murray and, and then I guess Baker Mayfield, even with the extra year, something that ran through my head was, uh, you know, in their relationship with uh, Lincoln Riley. Does the does getting Baker back for an extra year keep Ry- Lincoln Riley around for an extra year?
2: Depends on how the good job, how how good, how good of job a job offer is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if he gets offered, I am just trying to think, like you know, Miami or something or, or USC. Sorry, Baker.
0: Well, both those jobs are, I guess. I know you're just throwing a couple out there. It'd have to be a, certainly a special situation. I think that
2: it'd have to be a it have to be a tradition rich program. I mean, I don't think he's leaving for you know if Tom Herman if Tom Herman leaves Houston, I can't see him leaving for Houston. Yeah, although that's not a bad stepping stone job for people.
0: No, it's not, and it has been. I mean, it's kind of turned into exactly that of being a stepping stone and. Uh, worked for Kevin Sumlin. Yeah. It, it's worked for I guess a lot of guys. I guess even going back all the way to uh to uh Art Bryles.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So now Baylor, if they get rid of Jim Grove after this year, if he's just a placeholder, I think I mean, I think that's one you might worry about a little bit, being I'd, that it's Texas.
0: I just would not I don't know. I I tweeted it the other night. I don't why would Jim Grobe even want to step into what he has down there?
2: Because he's bored. Gosh,
0: I just think that, I mean,
2: you're, you coach your entire life and yeah. then you retire and I'm sure you have second thoughts. I mean
0: That's, I guess he thinks that he is stepping into, a I guess from a football aspect of things with the players returning, he's stepping into a great situation he could, uh, it'd be really funny if he tried to, uh, if they had a really good year, say Baylor has a really good year wins the Big 12 somehow and then he bolts for something better
2: yeah, I mean, maybe that's what he's looking to do.
0: That would be the biggest. I don't know. I, I was gonna cuss, but it. That'd be an awesome move. That'd be a power move on uh, Jim Grobe's part. I feel like <laughs> if he left Baylor after one year and left and kind of left him with the, uh, the fallout of uh, whatever is getting ready to happen down there.
2: Well, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. But uh, back to the Big Twelve meetings. Uh, conference contraction was not on the table Jeez. because of Baylor. Uh, they did talk conference expansion, uh, and it was interesting because, it, you know, i they've got all these stuff. It's stupid. I mean, this whole, it's university life, and we talked about this on the radio a lot. Like, this, this is not made for television stuff. No. When Bourne and Bowlesby talk to the, the press, because it is like academia. Like, it's... I'm not going to, I'm not, I didn't pay $1,000 a plate to sit there and hear people talk.
0: It's amazing to hear those guys talking. It seems like they use so many words to just say, no, or we're not doing that. But it's like a 15-minute explanation of why they don't do it.
2: Well, here's a good example. Um, what I, you know, And this is probably the most interesting piece of audio from either Bob Bowlesby or David Boren. But it is essentially, like you're saying, a fancy way of saying, we don't want sucky teams in this conference. Yeah, And that's, Boren went on to use the word dilutive about 50 times, (laughs) saying, we don't want no scrubs.
1: To use a financial term, yes, we want to make sure they're not dilutive. So in other words, uh, you want to look at how do they fit athletically? What is their fan base? What media markets are they in? Obviously, we want to look at what, where do they stand at, at academically we don't want to be dilutive academically as well as athletically. so we ha- where are they? Uh, what's their level of uh, as, re- as a research institution what's the, what's their excellence in teaching and the rest of it? so yes, I would say that we would to use the financial term, we want to make sure they're not dilutive uh, to I think what is a very strong conference at the present time. I just think back to for example the basketball season which was a, a wonderful experience for me this year uh and uh and uh what other conference in the nation had the comp- level of competitiveness that we had for example during the basketball season and uh, as the as uh, as the big 12 so you know we want to make sure it's, they're not deluded. we'll look at it from every direction every every kind of component
2: uh memories that uh, magical OU basketball season, the member in the middle of a Big Twelve expansion debate,
0: it 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 just blows my mind. The one eighty. You're not
2: delusive, Eddie. I just want you
0: to know. I'm not. Feel I, like I hope I'm not. We we
2: we we feel that you are not dilutive to SoonerScoop.com.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. That feels good <laughs> to know that. It's job security right there. I
2: am delutive though.
0: <laughs> I just don't understand why and how everything took a one eighty or even. I mean, everything I feel like has just the completely his whole, I guess, his whole mindset and About going voice in, of direction. How he was. We need to network. We after, need to expand. Yeah, after we. Ta- I mean, after uh, that that meeting at the uh, Board of Regents meeting, even, uh, and that would have been what two weeks before the Big Twelve meetings in uh, in Irving last week. Yeah, uh, you know, I thought. Boren was standing on a pretty firm stance that they needed these three things or at least needed one of them and then it was like well we gave you Baker Mayfield so you're gonna have to come down on this and Texas wins again I feel like that was that was kind of the tone coming out of uh, the big 12 meetings in Dallas
2: here's kind of how I look at it is Boren he has so many other things he's doing and working on and raising money and
0: building dorms and
2: yeah building residential colleges and And, uh, you know, professors coming and going and this stuff. I think the last thing that David Bourne knows about is what's going on with cord shaving and cord cutting and the fact that ESPN is laying off. He has no idea. Like, you know, the Bill Simmons stuff and the, um, why can't I ever remember Keith Olbermann? And uh, I mean, Dan Patrick was a long time ago, but all these big voices, um, Colin Coward. That they just let go. Yeah, I mean, we've been seeing people that watch sports that are interested in, in Sports Center understand. Okay, ESPN is owned by Disney. Disney is making all these cost-cutting moves. Watching Sports Center is so different than it used to be. We know what's going on, but Bourne, he's not in. He's not in that world. They need to hire consultants to come in and say, "Look." ESPN is the bubble has burst a little bit here yeah. on all these contracts that ESPN was once paying all this money for, and you can't start a network anymore. The SEC was the last network that was going to start. The ACC has a deal to make a network with the with with ESPN, and they can't get it done. And they've they've been doing this longer than the Big Twelve. The Pac twelve is having all kinds of trouble with the Pac twelve network and distribution of DirecTV and all that stuff. I think he got into there And he, he realized Okay I, I said all this stuff About we need a network It's obvious It's glaringly obvious That that is impossible
0: now. Mm-hmm. Well then so What is the next direction That you take I mean You can't just I mean do you just stand pat And then adding the Big 12 championship game In uh, 20 Coming back in 2017 uh, I feel like the, the I'm not as big of a I guess I, I'm not as against The the uh, rematch, if you will, that would be in a Big Twelve championship game. But where does this conference go? I mean, now that Oklahoma has made this stance, I feel like you can't go back now and just and just stand pat and where they are. I mean, you have to have, make some type of move or some type of change, or your entire fan base is going to be alienated. I mean, you saw all the tweets coming into both of us after these decisions were made. I mean, it was. I would say every fit, five out of six OU fans are for, or I mean, against the Big 12 right now in any type of decision yeah, they make. You've
2: lost the fans. I mean, that's what it comes down to, especially OU fans. I mean, they're I can, pissed off. I can understand why. Uh, here's one thing that is bad for Oklahoma, and I saw you tweet about this after they, I think they won their regional yesterday, but I mean, Louisville. Oh, you wanted Louisville. And the rest of the conference didn't have the foresight to to grab them when they had the chance. Now, if you had Louisville and BYU, that's you're not fine. Bad. Nobody's nobody's ripping you as being less than as a conference. But I'll say this. Since you don't have Louisville, my my first option if you're gonna stay in the Big Twelve, and, and by the way, I still favor jumping to the SEC. That's that's still where I sit. But if you are going to expand, grab BYU now. Have an 11-team conference. The Big Ten did that for a while. You don't have to worry about a network. Yeah, that screws up scheduling. You have an unbalanced schedule. But so what? You're going to add a championship game. That makes more sense than having 10 teams in a championship game.
0: It to makes me. a lot more sense. What would... What does the BYU network? I guess it doesn't really matter if Texas is going to have their network. Why can't BYU? I don't think
2: their network is any anything bigger than what OU's network is. They it's they kind they, of a, they fill
0: a lot of programming on the BYU network. I've turned I've flipped over to it a couple times.
2: I didn't even realize that they have a dedicated channel.
0: Yeah, it's like fourteen sixty something in the uh, in the channel guide, and it I would say besides reruns of Mountain West basketball games at like two thirty in the morning. You'll get your occasional uh, preacher guy from for an hour talking about the Mormon faith and then Yeah. I don't know, it's kinda it's kinda strange. But I, I, I mean, if you're the Big Twelve, just let him have it. Who cares? Yeah. I mean it's a national
2: network anyways. And then have the understanding that if things change and a network comes together, then you know, they'll they'll scratch it or they'll they'll envelop it into the rest of the Big Twelve network. But anyway, but if you're not going to add BYU, I say just stay where you are at 10. And let's see how things shake out. And let the grant rights get here and pass. And then you either jump conferences or you steal an Arizona or an Arizona State.
0: That would be interesting. I'd, or a Florida State or a Clemson. There's, I, I just don't see any way that the Big 12 can go out and add a... Uh, I guess Central Florida was the big talk this morning. I that, don't want any of that crap. I mean, that sounds—it just doesn't I don't sound want Memphis. No, I don't
2: want Houston. It, I still don't, Pat.
0: I still don't understand the Houston thing. I there has to be some kind of angle that I feel like Red McCombs is taking in in calling out the Texas athletic director and saying that they're dead wrong and and I I just I don't understand the infatuation with with Houston and how bad it would be for Texas, for Oklahoma, if they were to enter this conference. I mean, you were taking such a big hit, I think, recruiting-wise, if you add a school like Houston that uh, it's, it's, I think it's a can of worms that you don't want to even get close to.
2: Well, let's face it. If if Baylor falls off like there's a chance that they could, Yeah. they are back to being in a stadium that nobody goes to. Yeah. I mean... I very much grew up in the day and age where every game in Waco, there were more OU fans than, than Baylor fans. It's just like going to Lawrence right now. Yeah. It's no different. That's what it was like at Baylor. They could easily be back there. Now, Houston, they're the same type of team. Nobody. I mean, you've seen the stadium at TCU when they play Kansas.
0: Yeah, there's nobody.
2: Nobody goes to those kids. We don't – Is a Big 12 – I say we – the Big 12 – does not need to add another TCU in Baylor. That that's just turning it into the Southwest Conference again.
0: That would be I think that'd just be the the worst option. And I've been pretty adamant in saying that it will never happen. Houston will never join this conference with Oklahoma in it.
2: No, and I don't think I don't think Texas wants that either. Well, Texas doesn't want that either. Now, Texas Tech probably doesn't care because they're not really that big into houston but it but tcu i guarantee doesn't want that no so anyway well that's uh big 12 meetings happened this week uh also over the weekend we were out at the uh, bob stoops football camps uh it was uh god it was like 80 percent humidity it was i'm so
0: old and fat Every About year, killed me day every one. year that thing comes around. It's kind of like the uh, RCS Dallas camp. It's always windy and cold in Dallas during the uh, the rivals camp series. Down it is, there. yeah. In reverse, or I guess in opposite, uh, the OU summer camp. It always it's is miserable. humid. It's humid. It rains a little bit, and it just I don't know. It, it seems like it's worse and not. Not the camp, but the weather is worse and worse every year.
2: Well, Josh and Joe are going to join us uh, for some recruiting podcasts. We're heading down to uh, Atlanta this week for the five-star camp. Uh, we've got OU Satellite Camps, OU Elite Camp coming up tomorrow or Wednesday. Then Thursday, uh, the Dallas uh, Satellite Camps will be going on. You guys will be down I'm flying to Atlanta on Wednesday to uh, get there a little early for the five-star challenge. But... um you know, there there are the OU camps going on right now, and we're going to cover you know all the camp stuff and some podcasts to come. The team aspect of it that that I wanted to talk about was just that the OU players once again were out there working. Uh, we were able to kind of break a little something, and that Makiah Quick was working as a defensive backs coach. Uh, I just went up to Mike Stoops and I was like, "Dude, is that? You know, does he play for defense now?" And he's like, "Yeah, he's our cornerback now." It's like we're going to try. Now I did talk to Kerry Cooks a little bit, and you know just kind of pick his ear about what he thought about the move, and uh, I said, "Hey, I mean, Mikaah Quick is out there coaching like he's been a, a de- you know defensive back for a long time, and he was kind of like, yeah, we'll see. You know, it's real easy to teach kids how to do it. We'll see if you can <laughs> do it in a real game." So uh, they're pushing him, and you know they're they're, I think, a little curious to see how he takes to it when the when the balls start flying in the air. And, yeah, you know, I mean, you got to admit, the end of the spring game, he was one of the stars at receiver. I think a lot of people were yeah. like, okay, maybe that's maybe that's a guy. I mean, he's highly recruited. I think athletically, he's got a little bit more than Jarvis Baxter does, a little bit more speed, a little bit more quickness. People were kind of hoping he could become this slot guy that that could be a, a, better, a bigger weapon for this offense. But I don't know. I mean, maybe it's P.J. and Bonasaur. Maybe it's Dakota Austin. maybe it's you know Antoine Stevens, but they felt like they needed another quarterback for some reason
0: it It seems like they are really they were really, really impressed with Antoine Stevens. He was that guy that uh, I think Zach Sanchez brought his name up after pro day. He was a guy that uh you felt like took a lot of strides in that area. and uh, you know, going back to Mikay and him playing cornerback... Do you remember in Atlanta where he was He was a cornerback wasn't he When he uh, went to the five star that very first five star He challenge. played
2: yeah because he was wearing that Quick headband yeah and he was, playing. He, was a, he was a cornerback he was a defensive back And he, he came over a little bit to offense Every once in a while but I remember watching him at receiver and just Thinking he's so much better as a As a defensive back than he is a wide receiver
0: It's going to be really interesting to see Where he where he's at In the in the scheme of things because You know his body style isn't I don't think it, it's like a Jordan Thomas in that he's not very long. He's not real long, yeah. Uh, but, I I mean, he's obviously athletic enough to play either side of the ball. I think that he just needs to find a home. I mean, this is kind of a put-up-or-shut-up year for him because you uh, you get into your junior – when you start getting into that junior year and you're not producing, you almost get lost in the shuffle. You become kind of a Stan von Taylor has. And so uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how he kind of gets his – I guess if he can – Find his rhythm in 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 the Oklahoma program. He never really has been able to, uh, or had the opportunity to. And uh, you know, I I kind of wonder where that leads Oklahoma at the wide receiver position as much as as much as anything. Uh, I think that they have guys that are that are I guess maybe making more plays. That, or they have guys that they feel like are more they're more confident on that side of the ball. I don't think that they would move him if they didn't feel like they had other guys.
2: You know, I I went and I was thumbing through our Flickr account. Um, I was going to put some some photos from this weekend up on it. And I I came across some of the spring practice photos and just watching the guys it was like Micaiah Quick, uh the Gina Lewis kid, Jordan Smallwood, all these guys going one after another after another. Uh you remember Jarvis Baxter? I don't think did he play it all in the spring? Did they hold him out? I can't even remember now. I don't remember seeing him. And I want to say now. that
0: he did not play in the spring. Game. I don't
2: think he played in the spring. Or I think he did play, but he didn't have any catches. But he, yeah, he, he wasn't out all spring. I think he might have had a small injury here or there. But you remember he had? Uh, didn't he get concussed in the in the uh, Orange Bowl?
0: I think he was one of the three.
2: Yeah. So I mean, he got knocked out of that. Him game. Him, Mixon, and uh,
0: Baker, right? Yeah.
2: And uh, it was you know. He's a good player, he's not a great player, I mean, but you got Mark Andrews. Uh they are banking on somebody. Step, but Jeffrey Meade, we saw him out there. Good God, I mean, just have some pudding or something. <laughs> he's, he's, he hasn't gained a single pound, I don't think.
0: He should have He ha- might
2: be skinnier.
0: He should have a lifetime uh he should have a lifetime <laughs> ticket to uh Ray's Barbecue over on Lindsay Street. Can we do free advertising there?
2: How about pudding? How about like, <laughs> you know, Make him eat like those roller things from like on cue or something
0: constantly. Those are fatty. He's always rolling around on the, uh, on the, uh, oh, what's that thing? The, not a moped, but he's never walking anywhere, so he can't be losing weight that way. He's always on the uh, scooter thing.
2: I would kill for that metabolism. <laughs> so, I mean, but yeah, you know, I nobody, I mean, AD Miller was the guy that to me stood out more than anybody receiver. I mean, Dahu Green was out there. We saw him. Uh, working with the campers, but yeah, I mean at receiver, it's 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 put up or shut up time for a lot of those people. And I mean, the new guys coming in, you've got a spot, you got an opportunity. I mean, yep. We'll see what happens with DeVerney if he ends up here. I mean, that's something we still got to talk about the Baylor stuff. But uh, I will say, out of all the guys that were out there, everybody looked really good. Uh, you saw Ricky DeBerry. I didn't really I see him great. much. I you pointed him out to me when he was packing up one day and uh, Chance Sylvie was out there
0: uh, working with the DBs. I mean, we how long did we sit there and think, like, who the hell is that guy with, uh, with yeah, Stephen Parker? Yeah, it took me a while. And then it was like, oh, my God, that's Chant Sylvie. What's so
2: weird about Sylvie is he looks taller out of uniform than he does in uniform. Yeah. Like, for some reason, he shrinks down when he's in a uniform. I don't know what that is. I, I, I rarely see something like that. So... Uh but this is what I took most out of seeing all the players out there Samaj P. Ryan was doing the rope drills showing campers like how to do them. He looks completely healthy to me i I mean he looks like he has rehabbed about as well as could be expected. His calves were scary looking he didn't lose any muscle in his legs. I mean
0: Samaj doesn't strike me as a guy that uh that they had to stay on his ass all summer to to rehab. Yeah, yeah about getting to rehab i'm sure he goes home and does the uh well if you want to do this when you get home it might help you i'm sure he does it like 20 times when he gets home
2: i bet i yeah i bet he gets there before the trainers do he's probably halfway through his workout
0: <laughs> it would not surprise me but
2: he looked good i mean he 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 looked 100 percent ready to go for summer workouts i don't like I don't think that they'll miss a beat there. I think the only guy there is really to worry about with summer workouts is Charles Walker Yeah, with his wrist injury because I think that's going to set him back, and he won't be completely healthy and cleared probably until right before camp or right after camp starts.
0: The guy that I – they really need – I would think they really need Devonta Lampkin to come in and have a really, really good summer, get his body right. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. And, and he seems like a guy that really does work hard. Like, No, I think he does, yeah. He's in shape. He, he worked really hard to get into shape last year. And I think he stayed in really good shape. That was probably the one of the most disappointing things about the spring was that they lost him. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, But other than that, I mean, I'll be curious to see what Orlando Br- Brown looks like after a summer of working out. He looks really good. Drew Samia, I mean, to me, is the guy... We saw Christian Daimler. He was out working. He looks good still. I mean, I didn't want to like stop him and be like, "Dude, you look good." That would be creepy. But pat him on the butt. You look great, man. Not a butt patter. And I, even when I was playing athletics, no, If people patted me on the butt. I did. A coach could get away with it. That's about it. (laughs) Sometimes Uh, it's a good thing. So, but Jordan Smallwood looked good. He was out there healthy. Just don't know if he can catch balls. Uh, and then I, I saw Logan Robertson. Uh, he was out there working with the offensive lineman.
0: If you want to talk about a guy that has completely like yeah, transformed his body.
2: He's still not you know, your prototypical-looking offensive lineman, but you can tell he's losing some of the fat. He definitely he's a, is. He's a mid-semester guy. I mean, he, he should just be coming in to work out for the first time right now.
0: What we need to do is, uh, you know, and I wish we would have done it while we were out at the camp this week, but I'm sure we have pictures of uh, Chance Sylvie and Logan like just even four months ago yeah uh from their high school days and kind of compare it to what they look like now i mean that's just four or five or i guess yeah four months of working with jerry schmidt not even in the summer conditioning program that's just just your off-season winter stuff yeah and they've completely changed their body uh you know, I think you know talking about Charles Walker, Neville Gallimore is going to ha- need to have a big year. Marquis Overton was out there uh, this weekend. Yeah, I saw him a little bit. Yeah, he's he's never somebody I don't think that's going to just blow you away physically, but all of a sudden he makes a bunch of plays on the goal line.
2: I thought when I saw him walking by, like that dude's one of their best players, and he doesn't look like it at Mm-mm. all.
0: Very unassuming
2: he is. I mean, he's just he's very talented, athletic, just leverage wise. It doesn't matter he.
0: He's big enough. I mean, he doesn't need to get smaller. He doesn't need to really get bigger. He's just kind of who he is. It. I've always kind of uh, thought it was funny. Like him, he beat uh, Bray Walker in the state finals of wrestling. Uh-huh. His, uh, I guess it would have been his senior year, Bray's freshman year. And uh, it, it was just funny. Like those two guys are in the same weight class and they couldn't be any di- any more different physically.
2: Uh, okay. Uh, Run out of time here, but let's move on to uh, Baylor and kind of the fallout from that. Obviously, everyone is interested in some of their players, and all of their players, for the most part, won out of their national letters of, of intent. And several guys that, uh, OU recruited very hard and heavily that ended up signing with Baylor, uh, yeah, I even had coaches asking me this weekend like what 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 do you know what what could happen because it's like no one really knows when or where or how I mean, obviously paris uh Cobb's dad has no idea.
0: he seems real happy about the decision making out of Waco. <laughs> it I was telling you before we started this it it surprises I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but it seems like it gets worse and worse and worse as far as national perception of Baylor. Uh, with each asinine dumbass decision that they make down there
2: well i here's i think what it comes down to me what it comes down to for me is for instance, like parish Cobb his recruitment, it was obvious that the family got sold on Baylor just as much as parish Cobb did very much, and that kind of swayed them, but you know for for other people to come out and say, we had no idea this stuff was going on and this and that. It does concern me a little bit. And maybe it's no different than Kyler Murray's situation, but the helicopter parents on this thing, it's like, it's not just, it's, it, you almost feel like the anger for, it's not just about their kids. It's about them too. Like did they, they bought into this thing that was just obviously out of control got the wool pulled over their eyes i mean
0: that's their fault for buying in from a cheap i i mean our brows is what he is i he's a he's almost like a cheap car used uh car used car salesman almost i mean he just he throws this facade over that he's just this good old country guy that cares about the kids and everything and then he's doing all this other stuff behind the scenes i mean i just don't understand where people get off and thinking that or or taking him for what it's worth that
2: He's like Woody Harrelson in No Country for Old Men.
0: Yeah. Just kind of says can, things anything that you want to hear and then goes behind your back and does everything kills people. Yeah. Yeah. God. I wouldn't be I mean, he's a modern day Dave Bliss. I don't know. No. I mean, he's look, the the
2: there's there's plenty of things you can point your fingers to over the years. And say, well, you should have paid attention to this, but th- th- that's not how it works. I mean, like, no. you're right. You I mean, you can't sit and say to one family, like, oh, well, everybody thinks that what happened with Jared Stidham was really shady. I mean, everybody on the outside thinks that, but yeah. they sell the program to you and your kid, and you buy into it, and you ignore all that stuff. So it's, a, but, you know, just to see the outrage about it, it's, it's your fault too, if you're the parents. Because you bought into it, and I—I I don't know. i, I just—I know that there were a lot of warning signs, just like with Ole Miss. There are a yeah. lot of people that said stuff doesn't
0: make sense at Baylor. But at the end of the day, I mean, you do think that these guys or these kids should be allowed to get out of their national letter of intent, right? Well, or just
2: the they coaching change—the coaching change alone usually just, lets you out, right? Yeah. So, what happens? though, I mean, it, here's what happens, and and how it has to happen either the school lets the kid out or the National Letter of Intent Committee that Bob Bowlesby's a part of, the uh, Eligibility Committee, I think is what it's called. I remember dealing with all this stuff with Devontae Lampkin last year. Like, that's who you need to talk to, Devontae Lampkin, because he probably is an expert on how this (laughs) all works. Getting out of it. But, yeah, the the Eligibility Committee can rule whether a National Letter of Intent is... uh, Valid or they can give you a waiver. They can award a waiver. So it's going to come down to them awarding waivers. And these kids and their parents should be concerned about not trying to chase down media members to talk to Jim Grobe. They should be uh, immediately looking into the eligibility uh, committee and trying to get their waiver passed on their national letter of intent. And get them invalidated. Because that's what that's how Devontae Lampkin got to Oklahoma. Well, actually, he he was in Oklahoma while they were trying to get it invalidated. So,
0: and I would think, I mean, this Baylor situation is a lot more serious than not wanting to take a Spanish class or whatever Lampkin used to yeah. Get out.
2: Yeah, and, and you know, the the eligibility. Community, I don't think they really have to rule on it. Oh, it's because of they can just you know, say yes or no stuff like that. They just say, look, the, these letters we we found. Our brows is no longer at the school. The coach that they signed with. So they're invalidated. now. Baylor is probably going to fight it. I mean, they're probably going to say, "Look, the coach is gone, but all these other coaches that are their position coaches are still here."
0: Which that's another story. I mean, I don't see how they could have, how they, uh, how Jim Grove can keep Kendall Bryles of all people no, calling his plays, and Jeff Lebby. or Jeff Lebby call, uh, in the same meeting room as the offense. I mean, these guys go to Christmas dinner and Thanksgiving dinner at our Bryles house.
2: Yeah, it's I I that baffles me, and even Phil Bennett, because I think it's your you had you have to take down your generals, basically. I mean, the generals have to fall, and the offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators,
0: they should be gone. Jim yeah. Grobe
2: should have to replace them.
0: That it's just I think it kind of goes in, in in line with everything that's happened down there, though. It's it's a uh, you know Baylor is trying to pull. I don't want to say they are trying to pull a victim card, but they're trying to be the, the people that they, they just don't want to take this thing head on, it feels like. They don't want to be the people. They want to be the victim rather than the people that really probably should be.
2: Yeah, and that's the sad thing is that, you know, what the hardest part for Baylor is yet to come, which is getting sued uh, in federal court mm-hmm. by rape victims and having uh, charges brought up against you. From the uh, Department of Education, for not uh, you know following Title IX guidelines. I mean, the worst is yet to come for them. Football, all that stuff, is just just the stuff you're going to see in the papers. But there's some really bad stuff getting ready to happen to Baylor.
0: It, it seems like the um, for the most part, unfortunately, it seems like a majority of Baylor fans feel like. You know, we've they've done this, this, and this by firing Briles, uh, getting rid of the Chancellor uh, Ken Starr, and they've done all this stuff. And so now they're saying, "Well, we did all this. Are you not happy? Are you still not happy?" It's not the point. That's not the point of uh, of all this. It's the point is, is yeah. And stop taking out full page ads praising my Ken God. Starr. I mean, my I mean, Lord. it's just
2: unbelievable. All right. Well, uh, there is no controversy in the spring for Oklahoma spring sports. Because now Pete Hughes is staying on at baseball, uh, which I think a lot well, of people that thought, is a controversy. I guess a lot of people thought a month ago he was definitely on his way out. Uh, just kind of Eddie, you follow the baseball team, you know, very closely. What what were your thoughts on kind of how all that went down?
0: Well, I, I if you were an advocate of uh, of wanting to uh, get rid of Pete Hughes, the last month of the season probably wasn't the best news that you could have received. Uh, uh, they beat or they they won the Bedlam series, took two out of three. So
2: how did they do that, by the way? I mean,
0: and this is on the heels of OSU now going, now going to Clemson to, super to a super regional. Uh, it just they that's the thing though. I think that's the most frustrating thing for Oklahoma baseball fans is they are just so inconsistent, and uh, every time that you felt like. Things were heading in the right direction. They took one step back. I mean, I think that uh, uh, after that Bedlam series, even they went out to uh, Austin P and uh, they still won the series. But on the last day of the season, they got—I mean, basically run ruled uh, on the road by an Austin P program that hadn't hosted a uh, major Division One program in, on campus since like 1998. I mean, uh, it's—it's been—it's been the uh, cliche, I guess. Two steps forward and or three steps back. Yeah, with uh, the Pete Hughes program, and uh, you know I'm I'm very very surprised that they're going to bring back uh, Jamie Penzino, Mike Anderson, two assistant coaches that uh, have been with Hughes since he got here. Yeah, and uh, it's I mean you, you're going into next year that it's a big season. I think that uh, having as many freshmen as they did, uh, I think they started three at least three freshmen in uh, nearly every game this season. I think that was a big thing for Hughes. He's finally getting some of "quote unquote" his guys in. But then again, you look back at uh, last season and they uh, had 11 guys drafted and didn't even sniff the NCAA tournament.
2: Did Did Pete Hughes really misevaluate Cody Thomas a year ago, or, I mean, is, or did he come along because he did quit football and, fo- and concentrated on baseball? Because I, I mean, it, he wasn't great when this season started, but no. he became their best player by the end of the year.
0: I think it was just a matter of him getting at bats and getting into the uh, getting the lineup, getting in the lineup. And but I, he had I twelve at bats a year ago, right? Yeah, that's it. So yeah, I think it probably was a little bit of a misevaluation by Hughes. I mean, he probably should have should have played more. I mean, let me ask you: Do you think Cody Thomas, wherever he
2: gets drafted, he just goes? I would. I mean, just get out of here. I don't. I
0: don't know how close
2: he is to graduating. Yeah,
0: that's probably a good
2: question. I know that. Uh, well, the other thing he, is like, what happens to his ride? Like, I'm sure he was on still on a full football yeah. ride. But if you're if you're PUs, you have to offer Cody
0: Thomas Whatever he wants to come back, don't you? I would think so because I would think that he would have to. I mean, can you transfer over a scholarship? I mean, I know well, you. Bob wouldn't be doesn't getting a want full that 85 ride. on his. No. And if he's not coming back, hell no, he's not keeping that scholarship on football. It's not like can you though from an NCAA standpoint, can he be dropped by football and then be put on some type of baseball scholarship? I would think that you
2: have to if he's not playing football anymore.
0: I just don't know if that's, I mean, even legal.
2: I'll, I'll. That's something I'll definitely want to check into
0: because, you know, I and I think it's probably interesting where he's going to get drafted. I mean, he he ended his season about as well as you could. I yeah. mean just hitting everything i he think he won hit,
2: he's the reason they won bedlam
0: yeah i mean i think he hit 470 or 480 the last month of the season uh you know i think that he probably has some things to come back and work on in the outfield i don't think he's the most polished outfielder uh he has a really really good arm but i mean there were a lot of balls that were hit out to him that he misplayed or took him took a wrong angle at him and stuff so Mm. he has a lot he has a pretty long ways to go i think as far as uh becoming a more complete baseball player it would definitely be a big big help if they could and you know somebody that will be joining the baseball program next year that uh will be very a very interesting addition Be kyler murray he's going to be playing next year uh on that team so You know, I think they're they're getting ready to take a pretty big hit, though, uh, with uh, Sheldon Noisy's is going to get drafted. Uh, I would think decently high. He's going to be gone next season. Uh, You know, Alec Hansen's going to get drafted by somebody, even though he he can't throw a strike. He's going to get drafted (laughs) still very, very high.
2: Hey, Garrett Richards is in the Major League Baseball, even though I think he has, does he have Tommy John surgery again?
0: Something like that. Or maybe a knee injury or something. He had... No, he had the knee injury last year. I think he is having Tommy John now. Yeah. But I mean he just signed a huge deal with the Angels yeah. coming out.
2: Which is great for him, but it's not like you saw him like being a you know a star pitcher. No. Or even in somebody's top rotation coming out of college. I mean the guy started
0: opening day for the Angels. It's uh it's it's gonna be really interesting. It's a it's a huge year for Pete Hughes uh coming into next season and I think that, you know, there's obviously only one option that they can make for him to Come back for a fifth season, and that would be making the NCAA tournament. You I'm can't get, you can't miss four years of, of at Oklahoma and uh, expect to come back.
2: I'm gonna get drunk and go rip out that carpet mound.
0: It's so bad. It's so so bad. I thought I I thought if I was. Any
2: Sooner scoopers want to go help me rip out the carpet mound? I'll pay the fines.
0: I'd probably be two more people than were at the ballpark all year. <laughs>
2: All right, well, and then softball tonight coming up, uh, and, and we'll get this podcast up tonight. But uh, I, boy, Patty Casso. she's the goat. What she is doing, I mean, thirty games in a row now. They've won thirty games in a row. Thirty games in a row. Oh,
0: ended the OU baseball team. I think was thirty and twenty-seven and one this year.
2: But I mean, freshmen and sophomores up and down that line. What's scary is if they win this thing,
0: dynasty. They can are. Have the a, number can you have a softball dynasty?
2: They are. They have sophomore pitcher, Paige Parker, has been fantastic. But their entire infield uh, is either freshman or sophomore. You got uh, Nicole Penley. I, I mean, my God. Um, they got the new Lauren Chamberlain. I mean, Shay Knighton is fantastic.
0: Yeah. How, how much uh, do you think this is going to turn into a uh, Big 12 SEC thing tonight?
2: I don't think much. I mean...
0: Oh, I want it to be a lot.
2: Big, I mean, OU has already knocked out two SEC teams. That's true. And there's only one left out of four,
0: so. It would be very interesting. I, I, would think I mean, that... to me,
2: Auburn, I don't pretend to be a softball expert, but I think that Auburn uses a whole bunch of different pitchers and stuff. Yeah, I think
0: they use like four or five. And that it... does
2: not sound like a good recipe against this Oklahoma team.
0: No. And it's different. You know, just watching the game last night, I obviously haven't – haven't covered OU softball all season or anything like that, but it's it's definitely interesting to see what they've done with uh, going from a home run hitting team last year with uh, Lauren Chamberlain and yeah. that group to just it seems like they're just flat out they they get hits. Yeah, and they,
2: they run. I mean nobody can stop them from running.
0: I mean, Shay Knight, I guess, had the three run homer to send them in the first and round of the winners' had bracket. That three
2: run home run. Yeah,
0: and I think they've hit some big home runs, but it seems like for the most part they just they steal bases and they get base hits. And they don't make errors.
2: They're so much better than the Cubs. They're almost like the Royals.
0: No, they're... I mean, OU softball is basically the Chicago Cubs of <laughs> of, uh, of baseball, doing it with all these young people.
2: And Paige Parker is Jake Arrieta.
0: Uh Nobody's Jake Arrieta, but she's really good. She's kind of like John Lester, I guess. <laughs> Left-handed. All
2: right, well, the Royals are the world champions, so... It's
0: all right. It's I guess right. to be compared to a lesser team. You can keep saying that for... Five months, I guess, or however how long the summer is of baseball
2: all right, uh, I'm gonna let you go, everyone, Eddie, you're not fired, you just we're done with the podcast okay. <laughs> <laughs> um as as I said, you are not dilutive <laughs> in the words of President Boren i uh, I think you have things to do I'm not a
0: wallflower either uh
2: that remains to be seen. <laughs> All right, we're going to that'll wrap it up for us here on the uh, soonerscoop.com podcast. We will be back uh, if we've been out it's, it's just been camps and team camps and it's been craziness. So we haven't been able to to stay up with this stuff. But now we're on iTunes, we're also on the Google Play Store, the Google Play Store, big. Stitcher, uh, I we're supposed to be on TuneIn, but I don't know if that's working yet. Uh, so Stitcher, I think I said that one. Uh, So we're trying to get on every platform out there as possible. But just being on iTunes and Google Play is big for either you iOS or Android people. So you can subscribe to the podcasts. Uh, When new ones come out, they will download to your phone. Go get the app, too, the Rivals app, uh, on uh, the App Store or your Google Play Store. And uh, download that, because now all of our notifications and things are coming out of our app. So... Make sure you have that for breaking news as well. I know there's been some bugs in the past, but it's all working really well now. So, anyway, for Eddie Radosevich, I'm Kerry Murdoch. Thanks for listening to the Soonerscoop.com podcast, the unofficial 40. A couple versions of of those will be coming before the Rivals 5-star gets underway this week. So, stay tuned for that as well. You guys have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time.